episode of Progress, Potential, and Possibilities, discussions with fascinating people designing a better tomorrow for all of us. I'm your host, Ira Pastor. Welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of our show. We'll bring you another really fascinating guest today, uh, helping to create a better tomorrow uh, on many different fronts. Uh, today, we have the honor of being joined by uh, Her Excellency Dr. Sara Almadani, who is uh, a well known entrepreneur, uh, advocate for women, fashion designer, brand ambassador, social media personality, uh, and who has uh, served uh, as a board member of the United Arab Emirates Ministry of the Economy, Small and Medium Enterprise Project and Enterprise Council, uh, a board member of the Sharjah Economic Excellence Network and a board member uh, of the Sharjah Chamber of Commerce and Industry, where she was selected by uh, His Highness Sheikh uh, Dr. Sultan bin Mohammed Al-Qasimi, who is the sovereign ruler of the Emirates Sharjah uh, and a member of the Federal Supreme Council of the UAE, making her the youngest member of that board at the time. Uh, Sarah's parents uh, inspired her to start her own business at quite a young age at 15. Uh, she set up her own fashion brand uh, with ultimately the aim of changing how uh, our women dress uh, with a very unique and modern take on the abaya. Uh, which has attracted many fans and customers across the Middle East and, uh, and North Africa. Uh, following her success as a, a young entrepreneur and businesswoman, uh, Sarah was selected to participate on the aforementioned government boards, ultimately to inspire more women in the UAE to become entrepreneurs, uh, has become a sought-after speaker uh, at many universities, colleges, and institutes around the world. Uh, her business portfolio uh, includes, but it's not limited to, uh, being the founder and owner of Sarah Almadani Fashion Design, uh, uh, owner of Social Fish Innovative Idea Consultancy, uh, marketing branding and agency in both Dubai and LA, uh, co-founder of Proposal Cupids, co-founder and CEO of Hala High, the region's first celebrity shout-out platform. Uh, and when she's not doing all that, she's also uh, a Middle East brand ambassador for companies like uh, Natura Bisse, Nivea, Mercedes, <laughs> a lot going on here. Uh, but uh, Dr. Sarah Almadani, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and talk to us. My God, that was a long intro. It, it sounds like I've paid you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> thank, well, you for, thank you for the intro. But ju just to like clarify, I used to be a board member in the government. I, I finished my cycle and I left. So I'm no longer a board member, but it was like a long um, six, seven years. And it was a great experience. But um, now it's time to focus on my career, my personal business and all that. Awesome. Um, I my, my first business was fashion designing, but then after 21 years of doing it, I lost my passion for fashion. So I stopped doing it. And right now I just teach in some universities about fashion and that's it. So, and the rest is just like uh, growing in the tech industry and, uh, and the creative aspects and the beauty and all that. Wonderful, wonderful. Talk, talk a little bit about that to start us off, because I mean, it, it's, it's rare that we hear about 15-year-old uh, fashion designers uh, knowing what they want to do at such a young age. But when did you get started? How did this all begin for you? When did you realize, hey, uh, I, I'm interested in, in business and entrepreneurship? To be, to be honest, um, scary enough, my dad always tells me when I was two, between the age of two to the age of five, that I was acting in a very weird manner. Like I was always acting way ahead of my age. And my dad's like, you, were, you would always massage us for money or you would buy candy and resell it to your cousins and hire your other cousins to work for you while you manage the business. 
I don't remember all these things. And at the age of three and five and four, like, why would someone do something like that? And where did I come up with this idea? I have no idea. So I think I was born with that, you know, entrepreneurship spirit. And by the age of 15, I was like, you know what? I want to be in charge of my own financial decisions because every time I wanted something, my dad would say, oh, you know, you got to work for it or, oh, I got to work hard to get it for you or you got to deserve it. You got to earn it. So I was like, you know what? What if I don't have to ask anybody? And the idea came from financial and like being financially independent. And um, yeah, and I started the business when I was 15. I I opened the store right away. I had staff immediately and I was a 15 year old trying to manage men and women in the age of like range between 30 to, to 48. And nobody would listen to me. Like who would listen to a 15 year old? So I had, I had such a hard time the first year building a bond with the employees to explain to them how was their boss only 15. <laughs> but then I, you know, we built a friendship, you know, I believe in leadership, not in management and slowly it just, you know, took over and it grew and, expanded and yeah and i've i've just um i believe in one thing which is we live we live once you know mm -hmm. and uh, if, if we live right once is more than enough so i want to explore what i can and cannot do and the only way to do this is to take risks to fail to discover and to know exactly what i'm good at and what i'm not good at you know i want to know if i can be the next olympic swimmer i want to know if i can be a restaurant owner but how can i know the only way is to try and I know a lot of people are so comfortable and they, they don't want to try and take risks, but, you know, taking risks is my bowl of cereal in the morning. Absolutely. That most definitely. And, and you know, I, I, I happened to watch a, um, a TED talk that you gave a little while ago where you were talking uh, in general about innovation. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here on the uh, East Coast of the United States. And normally when I think about the UAE, obviously, I think first of all comes to mind Dubai and, and the glamour and glitz. But you know, a lot going on over there is sort of in the high tech space. You have a space program now. You, you have a, a, I'm in the biotech world and I know you have a big biotech push. There's a group in Dubai that's figures out how to make it rain. <laughs> um, a lot of really, you know, really high tech stuff happening. Um, but not all innovation is extremely high tech. Um, talk a little bit about, as you did in this talk, what, what innovation really means to you on, on different fronts. So, so innovation is basically not reinventing the wheel. It's um, taking something that exists and applying it differently, making it more innovative. Now, this the talk you were listening to, the, the TED talk you were listening to was... Um, Basically, me talking about how people think that in business to innovate, you got to come up with a, you know, unique service or product. But innovation is not just that, because if that's the case, someone else will come and do it better than you. But innovation is an ecosystem where, yes, I need a great idea for a product or service. Then I need innovation of cost, innovation of pricing, innovation of marketing, innovation of advertising. It's a, it's a, it's a 360 like. Um, like a, 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 an environment you have to create for yourself around your company. Not just, hey, let's come up with this great product and boom, and that's it. It doesn't work like that. It's a, it's an ecosystem that needs to be sustained and to, it, like for you to be sustainable in that, in, in like being innovative, everything about your approach has to be innovative. Like everything, how you're making money, how you're saving money, how you're promoting, how you're, how you're talking to your customers, your customer service, everything has to have innovation as part of it. Otherwise, you will not last in the market for long because if it, if it was just generated by like thinking of products and services, then guess what? Somebody with more money, yeah. uh, more leverage, research more or come up with greater ideas will come and, you know, wipe you away. That's it. 
And, and something else that, that I've heard you say, I've heard uh, you know, written about in, in many of the articles, you know, you have a, an expression that says uh, failure is the best school. And, you know, um, one, one can look at you know, your profile, say, on Instagram, you have you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, extremely successful. Uh, but you have been very open that along the way from 15 to now, uh, you failed a few times. And, and this is not something to be ashamed of. I mean, in the world today, we look at, at social media, we see that everyone's a success. But no, we, we need to learn from failure. Failure is out there. We can't be afraid of it. Talk a little bit about what you mean by failure is the best school. So, so as we grow up, um, culture and traditions and family and the media teach us that failure is something you should be ashamed of, something you should hide, something you should never talk about. And then we have been pro programmed that failure is a huge fear because it's unaccepted. And then we'd be rejected from society. But then... With age and experience, I realized that failure is not something embarrassing. It's failure says I had the guts to go do it and then found out that I was doing it wrong. It was a there was a missing ingredient and then I picked up what's missing and I tried again. So failure is is a school. It's a university. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's like a lesson. It's an expensive lesson, but it's a lesson. And every time I failed, I, instead of focusing on, you know, oh, she did, he did, what they did, you know, they took, they stole. I was like, okay, how did I go wrong? Let me focus on that part so I can pick up where I did, where I went wrong and fix it. Because I cannot change or fix my surrounding or the people that did me wrong or all that. No, I can just fix me. So how did I go wrong? What's my missing ingredient? And then I go pick it up and then I go back and I, and I add it again and I try. So... I would not, I, I, like, failure is not something that intimidates me or scares me anymore. And um, I say always fail quick, fail fast, fail cheap. So if you're going to fail, just, you know, fail fast, it's fine. And fail cheap. Don't spend a lot of money uh, when you're starting something new that you need to explore and understand and grow in. Um, try, to, try to spend as, as less money as you can. Be innovative with your, with your money and how you use it. So just in case you fail, you fail cheap. And then you try again. I mean... Failure can only, you know, can beat you or teach you. You either dwell in sadness or it can teach you and you can grow out of it. Yeah. And there's two people in this world. They either, you know, sit there for years crying about it and like not making a difference. And then you have the people that say, you know what, I'm going to try this way. And the biggest leaders in the world, the biggest like game players, game changers of the world, like the Richard Bransons of the world and the Steve Jobs, everybody failed. They all failed. But when, what's common between them is that failure was not an option. It was, I either make it or I either learn. It was not, I either make it or I either fail. You get it. So it's, it's, it's a change of mindset because we've been brainwashed for years and years and centuries, like to, to think that failure is something we should not talk about. Even my mom, I, w I was bankrupt twice. So my mom was telling me, do not talk about it. Pretend like everything is fine. Don't let people know you've been bankrupt. It's not good. And for some time I was like, yeah, she's right. But then I realized, no, the more I open up about it, the more people help me, the more people support me. And I did open up once about it in an exhibition I was at. And I was like, you know what? Let me just say it. And I was like, yeah, I, I've been bankrupt recently. Bad partnership. The partner took all the money. And then this lawyer came up to me. And he's like, you know what? I'll be your lawyer for free. And I was like, wow, 
you know, and I've been, I've been back, bankrupt at that moment. So I need a lawyer for free. So I was like, damn, that's amazing. And I would have not had this opportunity if I closed up to myself and pretended like I was successful and all. Because, I mean, that's not what entrepreneurship is about. Entrepreneurship is about, you know, doing whatever it takes and not letting failure, you know, stop you. Because failure is just like a bump in the road. A car gets over the bump and moves. Like it's just a, like a small hurdle. It's mm -hmm. a pebble in your shoe. You pick it up and you just keep going. That's an excellent message. This is a really excellent message. And, and you know, another message that we obviously, we, we've just come through this major pandemic. Hopefully we're, we're coming to the end of it soon. And, you know, one of the things we always heard as everything was shut down is this is the best time to start a business. Uh, and case in point, you know, you in the middle of, of a pandemic, you started uh, the uh, Hala High. Um, uh, and, you know, this first of the time sort of shout out service, but you really, uh, you Globally, you brought together celebrities from the Middle East, from Hollywood, from Europe, actors, influencers, uh, and put something together all while we were uh, shut down. Uh, talk a little bit about um, your experiences with putting together a business during, during the pandemic. So, you know, in Arabic, we say, uh, wait, hold on, there's a saying. Let me translate the saying. It says, when, 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 the, when the wolf is down, a lot of knives and forks are on the table, which means that when every every big industry, every big company is suffering and people are confused and emotionally lost and all that, that's the time for you to come and take over because the field is empty. Like, for example, a lot of companies went bankrupt. Like, uh, you know, I think, what was it, Gold, Golden Gym, uh, Avis? A lot of companies went bankrupt, like completely gone. And, um, you know, if you think about it, if that big player was controlling the market for like 30, 40 years, and now they're gone. There is so much space in the field to go and play and try different things and to exchange them with something better and newer and app and all that. So companies during COVID did not accept the ch that change should be take place right now. And they were not ready to take that step. And a lot of them stayed laid, be laid back behind doing the traditional stuff they always do, hoping things will get better. Things will never get better after COVID. Everybody changed and nobody's going to be the same anymore. Consumers are more cautious. Um, products are, are, are wanted uh, differently. The demand of things changed. Like you can even tell like the demand of organic food is even higher than normal food now because people are, care about their health. They care about their spending. Every dime they make is like hard for them now. So they want to spend it in somewhere. They are sure they'll get something good out of it. They care about customer service just in case things don't work out. They want their money back. So Everybody changed and nothing will go back to how it was. But a lot of companies were hoping, you know, wishful thinking that things will get better. And that's when they all died. And the space was empty in the entertainment industry, in the automotive industry, in the like health industry. And that's when everyone was like, you know what, since everybody's asleep, I'm going to go play right now. So this is the chance we took. And we opened, we started Hella High, me and my partners. And we did amazing. We, we literally covered the full amount of investment we put into the company in three months. And plus, yeah. we, we tar targeted in a problem that is like, um, we gave a solution to a problem that was happening. Mm -hmm. So when your business gives a solution, and that's what Steve Jobs did, that's what Bill Gates did. When you're offering a solution for something, you will always be needed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Sarah, you know, obviously, you know, you've had a um, a lot of success as an entrepreneur, some failure, as you say, but a, a lot of success. And, and then along with that, obviously, has come for you this role of uh, not just ambassador, brand ambassador, but influencer and sort of the role of the influencer is something that's it's rather new. It's only been around, you know, the last several years. Uh, but, you know, someone like you, you, you get a lot of followers, you build a business and you have this role. Uh, I've watched, you know, uh, uh, role of you on the internet, uh, BMW commercials, taking a jog and so forth. Uh, and, and with this role, obviously, when you have hundreds of thousands of people watching you, you have this additional responsibility, whether you want it or not. Um, and, and one of the ones that, you know, you've talked about a little bit recently is obviously COVID and, and, and getting people vaccinated. You have hundreds of thousands of people watching you in the Middle East. You want to get vaccinated, people vaccinated in the Middle East. Talk a little bit about some of the unseen responsibility that comes with being an influencer, not just helping the companies, but helping other people. So the thing is, I, I, I'm not a blogger um, or like someone who, who like all they do is spend their time on social media. But it, by default, when, when you have a story, when you're charismatic, when you know how to speak, when you know how to address things, um, I was using my social media as a platform to inspire women to believe in themselves and their dreams. I will not say empower because I hate that word. Right. So I was inspire women through my platform and like without even a plan, like not even, it wasn't even planned or like something I wanted to do, you become an influencer. And the more you grow, the more famous you get, the less freedom you have and the bigger your responsibility is. Now, everything you do and say is accountable and people actually copy you and listen to you. So I, it's, it's, um, it's not an easy thing to do, uh, but it becomes easy if you're an awakened person, if you're wise, if you're clear, if you're mature about, about, about understanding that a platform and you have a voice and you need to, to use it wisely because I've seen people use it recklessly and they are you know but these people anyways these people are just people on social media so if they get hacked one day they're gone you know their legacies are gone but um, no I, I believe in building a legacy online and offline because you never know how things might change this influencer thing might disappear one day just like you just like um, you know advertising in newspapers disappeared right now it's like it became something old like so i i believe in you know being responsible on social media creating a legacy outside of social media and um yeah uh, being an ambassador for so many brands i i think it wasn't because of my following and I never work with brands that want me just because of my following. I like brands who like my story. That's why if you see all the campaigns I do, um, Mercedes, BMW and all that, it was always about my story, mm. who I am, what I do, me being rebellious towards my fears, myself and the stereotype of where I am, I am living and all that. So it was always my story that inspired the brand and I work with them. Other, other than that, if a brand just wants to utilize um, my following to just create advertisements, then I don't do it because I'm not a blogger. Right. So that's why the, 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 like the caliber of brands that I work with are, they're all international and they're brands that understand that what I bring to the table and they love to highlight my story because I want to inspire through everything I can. Like if I, if I can change one person, I've changed the world, you know, and it's contagious. So, yeah. 
And, and and feeding off that, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you're not you're not for the whole female empowerment thing. I, I've read about that, but you, you did um, a couple of weeks ago in a United Nations International Day of the Girl, uh, and you were a major part of that conversation. Just talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what was going on there, if you would, about uh, and, you know, with the focus obviously on violence against women and young girls. So I think. Um one of my responsibilities is to actually not only just inspire, but to focus on issues that are growing and issues that women go through. For example, look, I will not say I'm I'm a hundred percent advocate for women because I inspire men as well. And I and to me, we are genderless. You know, we're just people, humans. But because I'm a, because I'm a woman, um, automatically women are drawn more to me in a sense of inspiration. So what happened that day is we were talking about issues that, that, that young girls and women go through, which is violence, trafficking, and, and like, uh, you know, marriage of like uh, minors and all that. We were highlighting and educating to change the culture, to change the mindset towards these things and to tackle this topic and to not just, not just, not just, you know, this is what happens. A bunch of people sit in a room, everyone talks, and it becomes a gossip session. Okay, what is the action plan? Like, how are we solving this problem? So we we sat and we we took like a pledge or a promise to to do these like I think twelve things if I'm not mistaken or twenty things, and to promise to like pass them on to people and to create habits that will change um, women that change the life of women and children that go through these things. And it, it was very heartbreaking because you know violence. Uh, against women and children it's insane i don't even understand how something like that can happen and whatever i can in my own will and power to do to change that and to help i would do it but 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 you're you're right i hate the word empowerment because i've never seen a bunch of men holding hands saying empower me you know <laughs> so why why would girls do it sure. and yeah, so I, I hate it. I, I believe in inspiration. We are all powerful. Let's inspire each other. I don't need to empower you. You don't need to empower me. It's, you know, just like men don't need it. Women don't need it as well. And, and, and speaking of inspiration, um, you know, I always ask the question on this show. Obviously, we have the, the next generation listening uh, that's listening to your story that has dreams and visions of uh, of entrepreneurship and 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 so forth. Um, take a couple minutes just to talk to the, the the next generation that wants to be the next Sarah Madani. Uh, advice, thoughts, inputs, please uh, inspire them as well. I mean, look, if I did it when I was fifteen in the UAE. I'm 35 right now. So that's almost 20 years ago, right? If I did it 20 years ago where there was no not, just, not a strong support system and it was very challenging and I was young and it was illegal to get a license at that age, but I managed to do things and I, and I managed to enter in such a male-dominant industry and world and I proved myself. What is stopping you now? Because right now everything is available. Like now to raise money is easy, to find support system is easy. My country supports women so much that all the, like 60% of the ministers are women. The CEOs and in the financial sectors are women. So right now it, it's so easy for anybody to be anything they want. What's stopping you from doing that? Uh, live your dreams. Don't be scared of failing. Failing is something we do every day. When you're going somewhere and you're on Google Maps and you miss the location, you failed. But do you go back home? No, you're still driving to the location and trying to put the location again. When you order something online and you pay a lot of money and they ship it to you and it looks completely different, guess what? You failed and you invested money and you failed. But do you stop shopping online? No, you don't. 
do living your dreams and and creating your your reality and building a business is the same thing same as those two examples when you fail you pack up and start again there might be some money lost in the process but that doesn't stop you so just like you know we are willing to take risks every day and doing things like these that we fail in every single day why not take a risk in living your dreams and think about it in this way flying a plane is 120 more safer than driving a car the probability of you dying in a car is so high that that's bungee jumping flying a plane even free falling off a plane is safer than that but guess what you drive every single day if you're willing to take a risk that can threaten your life why can't you take a risk to live your dreams to go out there and get what you want to get what's stopping you you are your only wall so take that wall down and go live your dreams and make things happen you will never know unless you try it's as simple as that Excellent message. Excellent message. Um, final, uh, final question. We, we, we went through, obviously, uh, a bunch of your port business portfolio at the beginning of the show. Any um, upcoming initiatives, uh, things happening in 2022 that, uh, obviously, nothing confidential, but things that you can talk about, places we should be looking for you, conferences you're going to be speaking at. Uh, please take the floor on that one. There are so many conferences I'm, I'm doing now, uh, even on, on like every week in expo and everything. So I don't know in conferences where can you find me unless you follow me on social media. But mm-hmm. what I do that I can tell you that I'm launching my skincare line. Excellent. Uh, it's called Kind & Co. And we've been working on it, me and my partner, for so long. But what I love about it is that it promotes kindness. Not just It's not just skincare products. So we also, we also say that if you're not kind, our products will never work on you. So it's all about being a kind person and beautiful inside and then thinking of being beautiful on the outside. Wonderful. Well, no, we will keep an eye on that. We will put all the, the social links uh, in, in the bio to the show. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating story, Sarah. And I, I just really, once again, appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us about it uh, on our show for everybody um, that's going to be listening to this particular episode uh, on our podcast or watching on the YouTube channel. Uh, you've been listening to Her Excellency, Dr. Sarah Almadani, entrepreneur, advocate, brand ambassador, social media personality all sorts of things going on. But Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. Thanks for everything you're doing. And thank as we like to say on our show, thanks for helping to create a better tomorrow through your story. Really fascinating. An honor. Thanks for having me. And if we're not creating a better tomorrow, then why are we even existing? Great point. <laughs> Be well.